This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm here with Michael Zenia. Is that right? No. Zenga. Zenga. Here with Michael Zenga, uh, most notably from BJJ Fanatics, but from uh, what some of my other guests on this podcast have told me, um, you are have more than that. You've been an internet marketing whiz, and uh, you've impacted a lot of people in the in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community's life, including uh, Travis Stevens and Gordon Ryan and John Donahar, who I just got finished speaking to a few minutes ago. Okay, and. Um, I've actually been trying to hunt you down for quite some time okay. because I have been blown away by the business that you've created off of this uh, oh, concept. I appreciate that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background. Background. Um, yeah. So I guess um, think of myself as a fairly normal person. I went to... Um, I went to BU undergrad, did some graduate stuff. Um, I... I was developing houses for a little bit of time and um, I got into, you know what, I want to get a more stable business. So I went into um, starting schools. So we have uh, myself and uh, a, a good friend from high school. We have a, uh, a real estate school, a construction school and a uh, gun safety school. And you need that in Massachusetts where I live to go to get approved uh, to get a license. And so, we we had that they're actually in-person schools and um where you take classes we we rent classrooms and that sort of thing and we had that going it was mostly on the internet for a while and we got we got them to be three pretty successful businesses nothing crazy but good and then i've i'm a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt too um i really enjoy it and so i started messing around with making videos i i was a buyer of instructional videos there weren't a ton of them when i was buying them and I thought, wow, well, maybe I could get into this because it could be sort of a side fun project and who knows what it could turn into. And it's turned into be bigger than I would have thought. It's incredible. Yeah. When it, when it kick-started, you probably would have known with your background, but it, it, I guess what I'm saying is it surprised me by how big it got. But yeah. my observation of the way that it got big was not because it was the most – perfect video or best website it was because you guys got the best talent and yeah. then you slowly made it better and better and better which is my general yeah. thesis on both jujitsu and business yeah i think so so i think what we had trying to figure out was what was the differentiating factor why, why do people buy it so do they buy these things because they're these beautifully hollywood produced videos i don't know i think what we need to do is provide good enough type of um quality for instance like we need a professional set we can't have a class going on right next to it and you're hearing all the side noise and that kind of thing uh you need good lighting um most of the cameras today are 4k anyway and so we focused on let's build the platform because i think if you look at any business out there it's kind of a winner take all world wouldn't you say yeah for sure especially like at the highest level yeah so if you look at if you want to sell something online, like if you have something extra in your house, you're probably going to go to eBay. If you if you want to go and put your put your apartment or your your house to rent for a week or, or time, you probably go to Airbnb. And um, we thought, you know what? Let's try to make this to the point where we become the platform. And that's what I think 
really brings the value because then you not only you're bringing the most value to the instructors and then you're bringing the most value uh, value to the to the students that are out there very well said uh there is not much room at the top yeah one and two player you know if you're nike and adidas you're battling it out in the internet it's not really nike and adidas it's yeah. kind of nike right like, like, like where else would you go if you were going to sell something as an auction eBay, that's it. Right. And so like where would you go if you wanted to put because what you're gonna do is you're gonna your platform is gonna reach the most people on that with that one sort of thing. Like you see a lot of instructors, they go out there and they'll start their own membership sites and some of them are able to do okay with it, but it's always gonna be something small because they're never gonna have enough offers to be able to monetize the way that we will. Does, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I was yeah. about to say on the heels of that. There's not much room for Under Armour. You know, Under Armour's been struggling really bad. It's because there's just not enough room at the top for Nike, Adidas, yes. and Under Armour at scale. You know, there they might be enough room for all birds. They, they can get to a certain point where they're the cool product. This is where the real diehards go, but they're not really, say, the early adopters. I think they start off, like, if I understood it right, there were like two former football players that started it. And they said, this is going to be better than Nike's. But the problem is to hit that mainstream and to get uh, – it's a different – it's a different it's a different person that starts that business and it's a different person that runs it at the top and it's just two different things. Yeah. So how did you uh, hook up with Bernardo? So um, I like Half Guard. And so I looked up online. Um, I remember watching um, – I remember watching a video online. I remember I was having trouble with 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 more athletic guys. I was getting older, and I watched a video of Bernardo. He fought. I think it was a Pan Ams. He fought DJ Jackson in an open class, and I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, he would kill me. This kid is so fast and explosive. He's like a, a state champ wrestler. It's like the worst kind of guy for a classical jujitsu guy because he's a guy who doesn't." Maybe he's not going to like DJ, like he's not a big like spider guard type player, but he's a real fast, explosive, athletic kid. He knows a lot of, he knows a lot of the basics. And I thought, wow, this would be awful. Then I watched online Bernardo doing his half guard and Bernardo was obviously not as athletic as he is. He's kind of the same build as me and he was just having no trouble with him. And I thought, this is the guy I want to learn from. So I contacted Bernardo about doing a video and he actually said no. Uh, because he wanted to go, there was another company around at that point that had more videos than I had. I think I'd done a couple. And so he, um, he said, no, but if you want, I'll come there for a seminar. So I ended up having a seminar at my own school and he and I stayed up. We talked till like, I don't know, four or five in the morning about different internet marketing stuff. And so, um, and it was only the one, I mean, if you look back on it, what I was doing is very, very basic stuff, incredibly basic. But it was enough to to make a pretty good living, and uh, he was enthused by it. And you could tell he was already starting to think of he was at the, he he was closer to the end than the beginning at that point. His best days as a competitor were, were still a little bit ahead of him, but he was certainly at closer to the end than the beginning. So he was starting to think of what what's life after jiu-jitsu going to be life like. And we we were both at a good place where I had a business that was working pretty well, but I had some extra time to explore, and I had this passion on the side. And he was sort of thinking about what's he going to do afterwards. So we sort of said, hey, let's let, let's take what I've been doing and make it a little bit bigger and like see how it plays out. It, it's it's gone well. Was he always in Massachusetts or is he still in Massachusetts? No, no. So he, he was a teacher at Marcelo Garcia's Academy. That I knew, right. Yeah, yeah. And so he lived in New York City 
And I think it was after the Worlds 2017, he decided to move up to Boston. He started his own academy up here. That's his on his own. Um, and um, and so, but but he wanted to be up here closer to the business, and uh, it's gone it's gone a lot better since then. That's fantastic. And where is your school? I don't have a school. Oh, you don't have a school. I thought you just no. said you're in your own school. No, 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 no. So, okay. So it was a school where I was a student. Where I oh, was a student. Okay. Yeah. And is that Travis's school? No. So I, I got a, I got my black belt from Brazilian Top Team. Okay. Um, I, I love the guys there. The problem, my big problem with training there, is that the the one thing I can't change about it is the location, and it's like it's a good 40, 45 minutes from me. Yeah. And for me, so for instance, they have class at seven o'clock. So for me to get there, it's tough. And and to get there for a twelve o'clock class, you're talking four hours out of the middle of the day. Yeah. And so, uh, Travis um, is only about ten or fifteen minutes from me. Mm-hmm. And um, Travis is just an absolutely incredible person, competitor, coach. And so, Tra- I would say at this point, um, Travis coaches me more than anyone else. I mean, at this point, I'm a black belt. I don't. Um, Bernardo calls me the biggest crianch that ever lived, and he's probably right. Um, but so I go to Bernardo school some days. I'll still go to BTT here and there. I'll go to Travis's mostly, and then I'm on the road a lot, so I train at people's schools when I do that. And so, um, yeah, and we're all friends. You you mentioned that you were up talking to Bernardo before five in the morning, and it's funny when Travis was on this podcast talking about you and and judo fanatics. He mentioned yeah. that you guys were up until all hours of the night talking about uh, internet marketing and yeah, he yeah, said yeah. that he gets as jacked up talking about internet marketing with you as he used to get about competing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think he and Bernardo are very, he and Bernardo are friends. Yeah. I think it's, it's out of the, I think they're both going to have girls that are going to be delivered right about the same time. Um, they're alike in a lot of ways. Yeah. Travis is a brilliant guy too. Travis, I've learned as much from Travis in this world as I've learned from anybody. He's a brilliant, like, person he's someone who uh is not someone that's real interested in excuses he's interested in results and um he, he's he's someone who he's very inspiring to watch yeah. i would say travis sells well but he doesn't sell as well as he should like every everyone should have his videos he he deeply impacted me uh as yeah. part of this project for this book and he said yeah. something that shook my bones to the core um he said to me i don't even know someone that would be foolish enough to call me on a Friday night to go out because they know I'm training tomorrow. Like, you know, he was talking about his commitment to being an Olympic champion. Like, yeah. I there's mean, no, that no one like him. It's just uh, yeah. it was such an incredible uh, observation yeah. about championship mindset, and he put it in a way that so direct, so simple. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been. I mean, I've always been impressed with him as a fan. You know, and. It was it was great getting to talk to him. How is uh, judo fanatics going? Good. I mean, judo doesn't have the kind of audience in the U.S. that it has in um, that it has internationally. But um, internationally, I think it's one of the one of the biggest sports. We're looking as part. We're looking to get a lot more international as things go. Um, we're selling a lot of judo. I mean, it's profitable. It's it, it's going well. I mean, is it going nothing like the jujitsu? Hmm. Uh, but but it, it's strong and. Um, but we're, we're really looking to expand internationally. I think I've heard on numerous occasions that judo is the second most practiced sport in the world after soccer. Really? Wow. Yeah. 
Most people don't think that. So where would you think is the biggest country for for uh, judo? Oh, um, I'm going to guess, let's see, France. But most people wouldn't guess that. You're right. Just because I'm a weird Jew. I just love to watch judo clips, even okay. though I'm not that great at judo. Uh, it, it, isn't it amazing to watch, though, when you actually get into it? I mean, it's, it's I, at least as entertaining as judo. Have you ever recorded with uh, either Harry or Gary St. Ledger, the twins yeah. out of Henzo's? Yes and no, but we um, – because Harry is out in New Mexico. Albuquerque, yeah. And, I mean, we're going to be, I believe. Before Harry moved to Albuquerque, he was uh, a big influence on me. He was yeah. one of the teachers at my academy, Budokan Martial Arts. I train under Sensei Nardu Debra. And he's a student of John's. And so I kind of I constantly had this filter of the most incredible talent coming through the door. And yeah. that those, um, those two are great kids, the Harry and Gary. That so I, I yeah. just got an early love for it early yeah. in my jujitsu days. And so oh, then I always watched it. If more jujitsu people have to see judo, you have to see the level of judo at an international level, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, even just like the Instagram channels I subscribe to are more judo than jujitsu. Really? Yeah, I love it. I love, I love, the, I love the, the foot sweeps. I love the, the gripping. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I do. I have a real appreciation for judo. It also has – sometimes it has more watchability at the highest levels. It's yeah. a little bit more intense. Sure. Especially um, – I'll say too much, but sometimes when you watch some jujitsu or the lower weights and they get locked in 50-50s and yeah. get battle battles for advantage, um, Musa Messi gets a ton of – submissions but there's a lot of guys where you're watching and it's like stuck there for a while yeah it's a it's a, but oh listen all combat sports i i love i have such a passion yeah. for i'm never going to be any kind of champion you know yeah. that's why i'm so passionate about this book project and everything that i've done in my jiu-jitsu career helped me be better at business and vice versa when i started yeah. applying the principles and the methodology of what i did on the jiu-jitsu mats and I said, okay, the technical approach, working towards it every day, you have to take it more seriously than just showing That's up. For sure. I, I started to win at business in a way that I never thought that I could. Yeah, if you're just around John, you'll get better at business. Yeah. Well, I just said that to him. And he, uh, you know, he, of course, I think it was, he was being coy. He, know, he understands the connections and the metaphors. But um, he said, oh, I'm not that great of a businessman. And I said, I think that your partners at BJJ Fanatics would say differently. Okay. So what's it like partnering with somebody like that? I can't, I can't say John's name without laughing. Um, I love John. I really love John. He's, um, he, he's impacted me as much as anyone in my life. I mean, he's, he's such a smart guy. I think um, – I'm always going to be loyal to John. Whatever John needs, it's money or no money. It's certainly what I would be glad to um, always be there for him. He's just just a great, great dude. Um, I, you know, I think I, I learned, when I first started, I heard about John. I thought like like what everybody else thinks. Wow, this is genius. He just knows everything. And in a way, I say it's almost disappointing to know. But John is a bright guy. But he works harder than he like. He works harder than anyone you've ever seen. I mean, he like I've seen him pull off twenty-hour filming sessions and take trains back at three in the morning, so he'll have to be there for his kids for the, the workout for him at seven a.m. He wouldn't even think of missing something like that. I mean, he's just um, he takes this as his ultimate job. 
the amount of study that he puts into different positions and teaching, I mean, it's positively staggering. And you, you just, I think I've, I've learned, and the other thing too about John is that what people don't talk about is that I'd say his number one, his good trait, believe it or not, is his character. Like if I had, if I had some reason to, to do something with money and I had to like have someone hold it, like John would come to mind first. He just, he, he jokes around a lot. He's like this mystical guy, but in actuality, he's, he's pretty normal. He just works crazy hard and he's just a good dude. I, I, I get that. Like you almost want to think, oh my God, is this mystical master that woke up knowing everything? And like, no, <laughs> he he just works harder than everybody. Well, the thing that I admire so much about him is how learned he is. Like, I yeah, yeah, he, no, and that's all hard work. I mean, he, the thing is too, what you, what you we don't know is it's not just about fighting; it's about everything. Yeah, it's crazy. That's exactly what Gordon said when I spoke to him. He doesn't talk about it much, but his uh, his family is also really accomplished. He's got a brother that I think is like an award winning mathematician. Wow! Yeah, he's just brilliant. But again, he he works crazy hard. You don't like that's one of those where I don't know how he's certainly a lot brighter than average. But I mean, he, like the amount of work he does is insane. He doesn't just wake up knowing this stuff. He's always reading, always watching videos. If you ask him about any political stuff, he knows. <laughs> So he's got his finger on the pulse of some of the social issues too going on. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. He like he knows what's going to happen next. I, I won't, I won't get into it, but like he made some predictions for this year that were like just dead on. When he said it, I was like, oh, "Come on, John, that's that's a little nutty," but and like he was right. I wonder if some of that has to do with history repeating itself. You know, seeing the, the ebbs and flows of how many yeah. times these kind of things have happened. Yeah, it, it could. He, he, I doubted him on a few things and. Wow, he, yeah. he was. It sounded really nuts when 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 he was predicting this back in say February. But um, and then like I mean, it's spot on on everything. Yeah. And then even spot past then, I mean, like he's been spot on. What's it like to see his influence on Gordon? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that Gordon gives him all the credit, and I think that um, Gordon's right. But I think that at the same time, Gordon is smart enough. Like if you look. So I, I, you know Gordon, right? I know him through this podcast. Okay, yeah. So if you get to know him a little bit, he's he's extraordinarily different than his social media persona. Mm -hmm. He like if if he was a social media persona, he would be kind of intolerable after a while. But it, like the the reality about Gordon in person, like he's a good dude. He really is. He's smart. He understands what's what's going on. He runs he runs a reality show, and, and like I mean. If you look that is exactly yeah. the way that I that I put it recently, I said, "Do you watch the Gordon Ryan show on Instagram?" You watch the Gordon. It's like basically every day you think, like, "What did Trump do now?" and "What did he do now?" and then, uh, um, but uh, yeah, he's a really good dude. But if you look at it, what he what he was smart enough to do is that he was smart enough to just kind of morph into John, except he's except he works out a lot, and <laughs> and so. Um, that was that was a good move. I just it's it, it's having that kind of mentor day in and day out on the mat at yeah. dinner, staying up late with you, talking life, talking business. I can't yeah. imagine the kind of forget the the jujitsu accomplishments that Gordon's had. If he can continue down this path, what else can he achieve uh, he, under John's tutelage? Look at how he writes. He's not an idiot. Like he's a real no. smart guy. 
And like, and I don't think there's not a lot of college there or this and that, but like, if you ask him about issues, he knows. I mean, he, like, he goes in, he, he's reading all the time. He's a, he's a sharp guy. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Um, he's very outspoken. Sometimes he's outspoken in a way that I would never be, but sometimes maybe I should be more right. of. Just like you always look to a championship yeah. mindset. He's, um, he he has a very good finger on the pulse of what's entertaining and what's not. Yeah, yeah, and with like without, I mean, without trying to destroy his mystique, but I mean, think about it. Like he almost gives off this, he almost gives off this whole image that he's this wild guy out and reckless. But look at his performance, and like no one who, no one who performs that well has a lifestyle that's. That's anything but that of a Spartan type fighter. I mean, he's training all. He's training is lifting all the time. He's training, lifting, and getting into arguments on Instagram. It's <laughs> and, and and the reason and making videos that, with you and making videos with me. And so he's very um, he he has a really good pulse, finger on the pulse of what's interesting. So I I bring this all up for a reason, of course. Yeah. And I think that so much of what business is is about relationships. For sure. And the relationship that you've all created that's outwardly facing for the public yeah. to witness, whether it's been on your podcasts yeah, or yeah. social media jabs or just little things is one of what I think is the secret ingredient to being successful in business. That's I mean, you guys have created something that is transcending uh, the normal video thing online. Like, yeah, of course you got the, the greatest coach and the greatest current get grappler, but how many rash guard vendors has Gordon been through? You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you guys weren't performing on the other side and that speaks to your character and what I've heard over and over and over again, why I've been trying to track you down yeah. is, you know, like what, what is it like that you're, what is it that you do differently for these athletes that, they're sticking by you. You're sticking by them, and it's a successful partnership for years now. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I don't want to take credit for doing what I'm supposed to do, but I mean, I think that when you, uh, so I study a lot when I, when I did some. I did some graduate work, and I, I studied Warren Buffett a lot. And so, one of his big tenets in business were that you know it takes it takes a lifetime to make your reputation, but it takes it takes only a minute to destroy it. And so if you're completely straight up with everyone and it, like, for instance, there, there were some guys in the video niche before I got into it. And there was just, I had, I was trying to get into it. So I knew these guys who were bigger than me and they were having arguments with the athletes all the time and whatever. And there was always a story. And I just told myself, I don't want to let's do everything we can to always avoid a story let's try to and we can make all the mistakes we possibly can and unfortunately i have um but if you don't make the ones of character you're probably going to be okay and so i think that we we've stuck to it and at least in this niche that that part's going well i think the other thing too is that um so i'll, I'll get on the mat with these guys and it doesn't typically go well with the, the names we just mentioned uh, but the fact that I think they can see I'm not just some marketer who's here for money. Like I'm, I'm more. For instance, I could read you a, um, I could read you a thing from me and Gordon. He's coming to film Half Guard, and he said, "I said, how long you 
picture. And he said, well, we're gonna, it's going to be a lot longer because of all your annoying half bar questions. I'm like, if, been, if we're filming half bar that week, there's going to be a lot of real annoying questions. So <laughs> and, I, and he knows. And so, uh, yeah, I'm into it. I, I love it. I love jujitsu. I love jujitsu too. I, it, yeah. is, it is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. How long have you been doing it? Uh, it was 11 years in August, so 11 and a half years. Nice. Are you a black belt now? No. I'm a four-stripe purple belt. And, so you did a uh, long road. And I've been – yeah, I've had a long road. Yeah. Um, but then someone's going to go with you, and they're going to say, like, wait a minute, whoa, this is a little nutty. You're, you're a little too good for a purple belt. I, you know what? It's – I've been on this road. This year has been really difficult. My gym closed. For sure. Um, thank God it just reopened last week. But yep. – no gym for a year. I did training. I didn't stop training. You know? yeah. I've been training day in and day out. So, Did um, you hear about our Fanatics Fund? No. So we decided that um, we're nervous for the jiu-jitsu community because so many stories like yours, my gym closed. And if you look at the pandemic was really hard on a lot, any type of like businesses that like restaurants and function halls and that sort of thing and jujitsu and nothing more. And you don't become a jujitsu coach to get rich. I mean, that's, I mean, you can make a living and you do get to do what you love, but you typically guys who want one jujitsu school, they're not driving around in Ferraris and Lambos and that kind of thing. So um, them getting hit, not being able to work. I mean, it's typically an owner operator type business. So they've been out. So we're so worried about how many, schools are going to be going out of business after this that you've heard about the barstool fund i'm guessing yeah yeah, of course where portnoy uh, who actually grew up a few towns from me and i didn't know him but knew of him I, i've met him since then mm -hmm. um, he started a fund to help small business i think he's up to 25 million dollars yes. now so we decided you know what let's just copy him yep but let's direct our proceeds towards jujitsu school so we put up twenty five thousand dollars ourselves Wow. And uh, I think we're going to be putting it in. Um, we're going to be introducing it to tomorrow or the next day. And w somebody contacted us privately and some rich guy and said he wants to match it too. And so we're hoping we get a ton of money and we're not going to, it's going to go into its own fund. It, it stays away, away from us. There's no money for us for administering or anything. And we don't a hundred percent know who we're going to give it to yet, but we're going to have an application process and we're going to try to impact as many people as, as possible with, with this platform we have. I mean, people tell us it's the biggest platform in jujitsu. So I think so. It's been it's been profitable for us, but we we also we see the value in the community. And so we want I mean, one, we want to do what's right. Two, we want to keep building the community and not just because if we have a Facebook group, I think there's sixty thousand members in it or something something like that. People tell a lot of jokes. You have the big name athletes that you mentioned get in there and give tutorials. But if we can come up with I'm in, it. I'm in that group. I can't believe I missed it. Well, you have my support, Michael. Thank um, you. I can't match it, but I but I will I will contribute. Yes. Uh, let me see what I I'm going to do a thousand dollars for you. We'll put it out there. Wow, wow, so, that's amazing, Jordan. Please uh, send me the link right after this on WhatsApp, and and I will. You know what? We're just we're finalizing. So when you, I thought like, okay, we'll just start a fund. There's some stuff that has to happen, like through the IRS, and right now it's MLK weekend, and so like, yeah. we think it's going to be up and going tomorrow, but I will. But man, th th I really, really appreciate that. Thank uh, you. So no, much. I appreciate you. That's really fantastic. I'm so happy that you're doing that. And, Thanks uh, so much. I've been trying to support my gym. Had a local, you know, my dojo had a local fundraiser, yeah. and we raised a little bit of money, and they got open in a new place, but they had a horrible landlord. 
that drove that drove them crazy and just so it's just really sad one one of the things that John uh, likes to kid me about is that my wife has the as a business she's a she has a juice bar and she has the worst landlord like on the planet kind of thing like I mean um, and so I I just always hope for horrible misfortune for him I, I and um but uh, yeah I know it's amazing how bad like a bad landlord can make your life I'm a landlord I uh, have yeah. like I told you I've got 30 properties around the country my father yeah. and I in partnership for you. Wow. and 400 tenants so I know what it is to be a good landlord and I know what it is to be a bad landlord. Yeah, yeah. as a as a business owner I'm the CEO of Mixology I have 12 retail locations I'm a I'm a tenant I know what it is to have a great landlord I know what it is to have a terrible landlord and yeah. everything in between I've got every single story you could possibly imagine That's amazing. Um, and one of the things I wrote a first book in my first book that I wrote was just about business. And one of the things that I advise young businesses and entrepreneurs is you're in a partnership with your landlord. If you get bad juju and bad vibes from the beginning, if they don't treat you well, walk, go find yeah. another space. You don't have to be in that relationship. We have, we have a space in, um, it's a, it's a big complex and it's like a corporate type of landlord. And people had warned uh, my wife about this guy. Yeah. And I thought, it happens to landlord. I've had the same landlord for ten years. They don't do anything, and so, um, it, wow, it, it's not. That's not the case. Yeah, no. Yeah. You, you can you can find incredible landlords in this world. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and especially on the heels of this pandemic, some of the some of the great landlords are shining. Yeah, and, for sure. And they're doing really beautiful things. I have one. Yeah. Actually, I think they're based out of uh, Boston or maybe Connecticut. Edens, as they're called, they're a REIT, and I always put them as the the, the gold standard. Yeah. Of but it's, ama it's amazing, though, when you put out good energy in the, in the world. It's kind of good business. It is. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It comes back to you. It's it's one of those things when, so. Well, I'm in the retail business, right? So before COVID, we were having a retail apocalypse. Businesses were going out left and right. Barney's. Neiman Marcus was on the, on the doorstep of bankruptcy. Yep. New York City had a 30% retail vacancy before COVID. So what separates those businesses from that are doing well versus the ones that are out of business? And I always say ultimately what it comes down to is how you treat people, how you treat the people that yeah, work for sure. you, how you treat the people that buy from you. For sure. And really sometimes is that simple. If so you, what's, kind of, what, what's the next step for uh, BJJ Fanatics? Where are you guys going this year? Um, well, I think that what we're trying to do is we have so, we're, uh, we have so many great instructors in the store. Uh, we're looking to sort of build out their build out their forces. I mean, and sort of like we want to get more offerings because the weird thing is people love John like crazy, yeah. but we sell a lot more videos that are not John than are of John, right? So the question is, by having other people have so many different offerings in there, then because some people see a lot of people see John, right? And they say, oh, my God, this guy just talks on all day. How could you possibly listen to him? If you look in some of the forums, they go and rip on him. I mean, you guys have got to make these videos shorter. And I'm thinking as well, he's the number one seller in the store by far. Um, why would we try to do anything differently? <laughs> so, but the reality is that some people identify with John and they absolutely love him. Some people identify with Gordon and they absolutely love him. Uh, some people see Gordon Ryan and are – 
they have Trump-like reactions to him. So, <laughs> so by having so everyone identifies with with different people is what we're seeing. So, and that's what builds the platform. And by the big the the bigger you make the platform, the more exposure you're giving to the instructors that are on it. And so, as we continue to build out, what we're seeing is that instructors like John, instructors like Gordon, and also the smaller instructors are selling more. Yeah, because of the amount of traffic that we have to the site coming from so many different ways. It's. Um, well, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this because since you bring it up, yeah, one of the things that I often say to to my frontline workers is. Don't listen to the person who comes in and complains and ruins your day and screams at you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Think about the 200 people who came and bought something who didn't say anything. Didn't say anything, exactly. Because I I think Joe Rogan had a great quote. He said, successful people don't make YouTube comments. (laughs) Have have you ever made one? Yeah, what's that? Have you ever made one? (laughs) And so when you... um, that being said, like there, sometimes when people, when we post, there was one time, this will be like, so with John, right? We think about like making mistakes that I can conceivably make, right? So John had this idea to shoot this video on, I can't say, I can't say chokes, it's strangled. John gets very angry if you call a, a strangle a choke. Yeah. So he did this 35 minute video with Bernardo. It was kind of an off the cuff thing. The two of us were there at 11 at night. I took the phone. And I went and I recorded it. Okay, so we put the thing online. It's it was just gold. I mean, John John is the best person in the planet at showing anything, but certainly at like certainly at showing jujitsu. It's a 35, 40 minute clip. We uploaded to YouTube. We did it. This is going to be a great one. So, first comment: Whoever is holding the camera, do they have some sort of breathing issue? Number two. Does no? Does the person holding the camera have a deviated septum? Three. Did you hire Darth Vader to hold the camera? Right. So they <laughs> ab. I'm like, this is bad. So I go in there and erase the first three comments. They keep coming and coming. <laughs> and coming. And so you can imagine John's reaction when he. Uh, and the good thing about John is like he will certainly make fun of me, but he's not. Um, he, he's just like disgusted but in a funny way but yeah yeah so the youtube commenters are funny and i do i'm not allowed to hold cameras anymore for anyone and it's probably (laughs) in the facebook group about how loud my breathing is yeah yeah but anyway again right you can only you have to look at ratios where if everyone's that that upset why is no one returning the product yeah exactly there's aren't the customers you know those are those are the those are the commenters the the customers and loyal fans like me who've never complained who keep buying yeah what i just said to john was i said have you ever thought about teaching a class through bjj fanatics or some other platform like instagram about philosophy about military history about something else like we the audience like i want to hear more from him I just want to hear him talk. I, I could listen to him talk all day. There was one. So John, John's really into knives. Yeah. And my dad asked me a question one time. Uh, he's like, hey, how does John sharpen knives? So John, how do you sharpen a knife? And he was, uh, so I won't get into my travails with John about knives, but John is positively disgusted at my my knife maintenance abilities. He's given me a couple of knives too. Right? But So he said, you don't know how to sharpen a knife? 
<laughs> no, John, I don't, I probably not. He said, okay. So he said, get your camera and don't breathe loud that you normally do. So I, I made, he made a 15 minute instructional from my dad about how to sharpen a knife. Thorough, <laughs> amazing like thing you've ever seen. So yeah, if he were to do historical lectures, it, it would be, it would certainly do well. Yeah, I think it would. I think yeah. there's uh, certainly a market for it. And yeah, for sure. The person you're sitting in front of, but <laughs> you would pay him for it. It was good. I would. I, I you know, with all just aside, I. If you I don't do, publish it, I'll show it to you at some point. It was amazing. Yeah, I do want to hear what he has to say about more things. You know, so I was talking to Gordon, and he said you'd be surprised that, that John knows everything about everything. Yes, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, yeah it's uh. Yeah, just uh, uh, he's certainly a fascinating uh, person and a great perspective, and you know, such a leader in our sport. Um, before we before we wrap this thing up, I want to ask you a question. You said you operate schools. Are they operating right now? Yeah. How are they doing? Good. Good. That's great. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, uh, some different factors going on, and so we've moved to Zoom. Yeah. And in, in some ways, um, but yeah, they, they they ended up they weren't really affected. Some businesses are though, and jujitsu businesses are, are. I mean, I, I don't. Is there any jujitsu business that's doing as well as it was before the pandemic? No, that would be impossible. It, it would be impossible. So, um, and if they are, then they would have been doing ten times better if uh, without. I mean, some of them are staying afloat, but I mean, yeah. No, I have a couple. I actually have tenants that I would probably fit into the same. Um, business category as you. One is a language school down in Boca Raton, Florida. Yeah, uh, it's called Language Arts. They had like a couple hundred students, and now the whole thing is on Zoom. Yeah, they they're been like catching up to rent, going behind on rent. But um, yeah. I, I don't know what the, the future of that business holds. We'll see if they if they come back. Yeah. I have a charter school in Texas, and and then in, I have a big. I'm one of the largest private landlords in Springfield, Massachusetts. And, really? we have, and we have a technical school there. Like, um, you know, they teach. Was it ITT or I remember? Kind of like an IT, yeah. It's called, oh, cool. uh, it's it's the, um, a company called Paragus. If you know this guy, Del C. Bean, you ever come across him? No. Yeah, he's big in Western Massachusetts. And oh. he, uh, so he has a school there. So one, one thing I think is that one thing that lucky people say all the time is, oh, luck doesn't matter. You make your own luck. To some degree, luck matters a lot, and so our business we did we did very well during the pandemic. We were given online content. Was that because of anything that we did well, or was that because did we get lucky? Well, we did what we could. We were, but at the end of the day, we also got lucky. So what we say to our and I think a lot of times, like for instance, like with John, one of the reasons why it's been successful is for me knowing when to be smart enough to just shut up and let him do his thing and and just like not try to give me advice and say, listen, we're here to help you. And so yeah. also I hope that we're smart enough to know that we got a little bit lucky, at least financially during the pandemic that we weren't in a, that we didn't own a, a wedding hall or something like that. So, I mean, if this had been a cyber attack and not uh, that made people really nervous about using the credit card online and yeah. not uh, some the pandemic that was here, then we would have had very different results. And we know that. So, and that's one of the reasons why we're, we're looking to, to say, you know what, there weren't people that were so lucky. Let's, let's think of that. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Very well, said. well, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. I appreciate you joining. Thank you so much for the donation. That's yeah. That's it's my, it's my pleasure. I, uh, 
I hope that I could come up to Boston and train with you. And, yeah, it, would uh, it would be wonderful to have you. Yeah, all the schools come open back up. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about your uh, about your stuff that you're doing. That sounds like you're pretty busy with everything. Yeah, my uh, well, in the vein of what you just said, was it luck or skill that we were set up to take advantage of this whole you know yeah, sure. pandemic? I was almost out of business in March. Could have put anybody out of business. It took every bit of jujitsu skill that I had to navigate through. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that set my business apart from your other 10, 10 store family retail business in the Northeast is that we had this incredible website. And the only reason we had that incredible website is because I made a massive and early investment in Shopify in 2011. Yeah. And most, how many, how many of my closest competitors do you think have, if there's 10 other businesses like mine in the Northeast, how many of them do you think had a website? Even had a website? Have. Yeah, zero. Wow. They didn't even have an e-commerce. They had like a brochure website that looked like it was from 1995. So, but when you think about it, right, it is it is harder than you think to integrate quantities and like th that's an endeavor. Like if you're going to have retail shopping and and e-commerce integrated, that's hard. It's insanely hard. Yeah, it's harder than someone would think. So I I can imagine that. So probably half of them had brochureware and the other half, but you're the only one that went forward with an e-commerce site, but you're going to do way better if you have that. I, I will have, this is for all the young people who will be watching this and who this book is targeted at. And I have a lot of like these young entrepreneurs, they're coming out of college. They want to start a business. They're, they're living in the parents' house. They're doing jujitsu all day. And they always ask me these questions. There were nights when I, three years into investing in, in my web business, my stores were making money, the website was losing money, and I'm in a family business. You know, my sister is my partner. And I'm saying, we gotta keep doing this. We gotta keep going down this road. And I'm investing hundreds of thousands of dollars of precious company capital yeah. to keep this web business, as you said, the two businesses together, the stores and the website. Yeah. And it took years of hard work and paying myself less. I easily could have paid myself more yes. and just milked the stores dry. And that's what most of my competitors did. They just paid themselves big salaries. We just lived on less and put everything back into the business. And we didn't know how impactful it was until COVID hit and we had to close our, our 10 stores at the time. Since we opened another two stores, we opened two stores in the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. No, so, yeah, and many people are doing that, so congrats. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyway, All great right. talking to you, Michael. Yeah, Thank you for uh, being a part of this. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Thanks yeah. so much.